DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Brooms and also by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And with me, as always, is the team of beat writers, Michaela Perkins, Patrick Lyons. On this episode, we discuss somehow, some way, yet another sweep for your Colorado Rockies at home, of course. I mean, <laughs> obviously, right? But uh, And of the Pittsburgh Pirates, not exactly world beaters. But uh, yes, my mother right on the ball right here. Someone find Spence Smith. Get that young man his money. He called it. He called for the sweep. He said Rockies in three. In three. Rockies he said it. Three. Threw it down right in front of all of those Pittsburgh Pirates fans. Not all, not only just all over the world, but in the Denver area specifically, through the three, right in their face. Big sweep. And the way they did it, too, was exciting. Boy. It's fun. Hey, it's summertime. Good timing. We're back in Coors Field. We got the 4th of July coming. That felt good, didn't it? Listen, the first half of the season didn't even happen. Opening day 2.0 was on Monday. The season started on Monday. The Rockies right. are undefeated in 2021. That's right. <laughs> it's a good time to be a Rockies fan because they looked phenomenal. I know it was against the Pirates, and the Pirates are horrible. But this is also the team that got swept by the Pirates on the road. That's right. Not even a month ago. So yep. we'll take what we can get in Rockies <laughs> land. <laughs> That's absolutely right. They shut out the Rockies twice on back-to-back games. Rockies return the favor there to open up the series. Uh, I do want to dive obviously very, very deeply into what we saw from Herman Marquez yesterday in just a moment. And there are a lot of players actually that we need to highlight and we'll have 20th and blaze for everybody here in a minute. And, and we'll do all of that. Somebody though, who I just want to make sure we don't leave out because didn't manage to make it on the graphics. He's getting absolutely jobbed by DNVR today, which is terrible because you know he's a fan of the podcast. He's been on several times. Uh, John Gray didn't manage to make our 20th and Blaze today. Doesn't manage to be king of the game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But after giving up the two early runs and he thought, oh, no, are we in for a real rough one after he looked so good his first outing back from the IL, manages to go six and really just will himself into a, a quality start out there today. And, and that can't go unnoticed. No, it can. And, and it also, it's for anyone who keeping uh, tabs on, on box scores today, there was a, a wild game in Milwaukee where the Cubs were up seven, nothing uh, brewers come back 15 to seven. And you kind of forget the fact that like someone had to be in there to, to pitch uh, and to hold the Cubs offense kind of at bay. So, sure, uh, Aaron Ashby didn't do great in his debut, but Miguel Sanchez came in, pitched in. He gave up some runs, and that allowed the offense to do their thing, and that's what John Gray did where he gave up um, you know, the early triple, gave up a hit to Reynolds, and those are the only two hits he gave up yeah. um, until he came out. Yeah, He walked four guys by the end, but he kept the team in the game. Anytime you get two runs from your starting pitcher – at home at Coors Field, it doesn't matter when you gave them up. So he really kind of, you know, again, if you're just barely tuning in and listening to the game, you hear, you know, he wasn't um, 
commanding the strike zone terribly well. But again, two hits, only two runs, and you know, still got a big, big Rockies victory today. So your hat has to be off to him. And you know, coming on the heels of what Herman Marquez was able to do on Tuesday night, it's like, oh man, you know, hey, good try, good try, good way to go. Six innings, two earned runs. That's that's actually that's fantastic. I think too, it speaks to his growth as a pitcher. I mean, in the past, mm. I feel like an, a start like yeah. that early in a game would really affect you know the rest of the game, and he might have made some like more mental errors on top of that. So overall, to see him kind of lock it down, not let those two early runs get to him, I think honestly speaks to you know his growth as a pitcher and um, the way that he's improved both mentally and physically in in the game. Yeah, it's something I think we've seen from him specifically. And then, we, we, you know, we've talked about it with other pitchers that have come in here this year and, you know, had great stuff all year, but they can't quite find it, especially early in the game. And they let it maybe spiral a little further out of hand than it should. It runs them from the game a little sooner. Or if not, if it's Brandon Woodruff where he gets it back, but he's already given up five, right, as opposed to the two. And that's what John Gray has figured out in his career, how to make sure that that two – doesn't turn into the five, especially at Coors Field. Uh, and so, yeah, really, really remarkable stuff. I did not think after that first, especially after the first three batters, you didn't think, oh, he's going six innings to earn today. He thought, yeah, this is going to get ugly. Uh, you know, in the bullpen, and I guess that those would be the other unsung heroes before we get into the sung heroes of uh, the series <laughs> here. Uh, the bullpen, none of those guys were able to make 20th and Blaze either in that first game when Freeland had to come out with the cramps, uh, four innings, no runs given up, some of the best uh, they've looked all season. And and then you got a, a nice, you know, some scary moments there for Bard still at the end. It's not. Hey, it's he got perfect. he got two saves this series. So, it's, you know, uh, yeah, he, I'm I'm happy. Well, I guess technically wouldn't necessarily. I guess be a today, save, but he did. He did close out. He did close out the today. victory. He yeah. secured the victory. He didn't blow it, which is all I, all I care about. <laughs> he didn't blow. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's refreshing because he's been struggling as well. Um, so, you know, definitely a huge shout out to the bullpen this series. They have been the Achilles heel of this team all season long. So, you know, to finally get a performance that's commendable from the bullpen is something that is nice and refreshing, something that you definitely want to see. But also, too, I would be remiss to point out the fact that today was win number 50 for Mr. John Gray in a Rockies uniform. Congratulations, John Gray, number 50. That's a big milestone to have. So congratulations to him. We may need to create a new statistic for – uh, Daniel Bard. So we've got the, he had one S, right? He had one save and he had one DB. No, not for Daniel Bard. Didn't blow it. Didn't, Didn't blow, blow it. it. He got one DB. One, one S and one <laughs> DB. Put it in the books. Good job, Daniel. Good job, Bardo. Yeah. Kind of back on track a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and good point. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Mikhail, on the, the 50th win. Uh, just nice remembrance of just the stalwart that John Gray has turned himself into for this franchise all that being said we john we give you we gave you all the love man we did it right after everything else that happened too but let us toast our breck brews and our breck salties ladies and gentlemen if you're still on stravacraft coffee hours toast what you have raise to the roof it's 5 p.m 
<laughs> I don't know what the hell time. <laughs> hey, some people drink coffee all day, every day. I'll tell you. What. It's also Wednesday, so I think you push it back an hour, maybe. So it's like yeah. six o'clock. You know, whatever you got to tell yourself is fine, as long as it's a Strava or a Breck Brew. Whatever you got to tell yourself. I got my uh, my black cherry, or is it just yeah, black cherry hard seltzer from Good Company right now? Drinking on those. Because uh, I'm all out of IPAs, but that's okay. I'll get more, and I'll get them down at the King Supers or at a local li- liquor store. One place I know where I can get them, and I get a much bigger one because, believe it or not, I am a member of the DNVR family. You get one down at the bar, much larger one if you're a member of the family. Do that. Become a member of the family today at the DNVR.com. Get access to all the written content, the bigger beer, the access to the Discord channel, and we'll send you a free shirt from the DNVR locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com, and use promo code DNVR30 to get 30% off once you've got your free one. Uh, and our, our guy Mark here in the comments saying it's still 4 p.m. here, only getting the vanilla Brex out there. I, if you don't mind me sharing a little bit, I was super stoked to meet Mark at the DNVR bar here uh, recently. And if you don't mind me sharing, again, he, he plugged the Breck Bruce. He said, you know, I always kind of thought, I get it. It's a sponsor. You guys, you're, you're selling your beer. I get it. You know, and but I figured I'd try them. I'm come to the, the bar. I'm going to do the whole experience. I was like, man, they're really good. I thought you guys were just saying that. I was like, no, yeah. He's like, he's like, it's really good beer. So yeah. Yeah. We weren't lying. It's good stuff. It is good beer. And unfortunately, not all of our sponsors are there at the DNVR bar. So, and that might be a good thing because if, you know, if you sit at a bar stool, don't expect someone to come over and you know, be prodding around in your mouth with some you know metal uh, pieces of Green equipment Mountain and Dental. checking your teeth at Green Mountain Dental. We we do draw a line, so you know, do keep that in mind. will be nothing. Although yeah. I think I can guarantee that Dr. Ben would still make a way to find that enjoyable if that were the case. <laughs> That's all, right. I mean that 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 could be the dividing line of like, look, we can only have sponsors that we can actually have at the bar. We've got right. the Strava. We've we've got Hassle Cattle Company. Dr. Mike ben Bird will Gaming. come down and check you out. Just let them know an hour in advance. Right. Go swing <laughs> on down. Don't worry. The Chevaliers will swing by, do some in-bar consultings. That's always when you want to make your decisions about buying and selling homes and stuff, too, is when you're down at the bar. <laughs> sure, Mike and Virginia would appreciate that. If there's a property within walking distance, you can check off that box, too. There are <laughs> actually, there are a lot of them, and I'm looking to find one here pretty soon. But, hey, someone who uh, was looking to find that no-hitter, that elusive no-hitter, came again for the second time in his career just the one hit shy of course Armand Marquez and I submit to the both of you because I actually went back and and found this article and I'm gonna write uh the sequel to the article that I wrote in 2019 I'm about halfway through its its predecessor here because uh in 2019 when Marquez threw his one hitter in San Francisco I posited at the time that despite the fact that Ubaldo Jimenez has thrown a no-hitter, that game was probably the best-pitched game in Colorado Rockies history. And I submit for further conversation on this day that what Herman Marquez did in Game 2 on Tuesday evening at Coors Field against the Pittsburgh Pirates was the best-pitched game in Colorado Rockies history. That one 
damn single from Kai Tom, Be Damned. I think that might have been it. It was very, it was very dominant. I mean, that's, you know, he, uh, his strikeout numbers weren't, you know, the that's the thing. He wasn't getting the strikeouts yeah. for that dominant, but it, it didn't matter. You knew there was something going on. You knew there was something special. It had all of the, the trademark characteristics of a no hitter with some, some solid defensive plays. Uh, the big one, I think in my, my book was the Trevor story play, which, yeah, you know, the face of it, you just go, Oh, he jumped really high. Again, you go back, Watch that clip. Actually, see the vert that he got on it. How it really was—it wasn't a snow cone, but it was at the top of his mitt. Compounded with uh, what baseball savant had that as his expected batting average of six twenty. So that was, you know, a, a big play. That was a ball that most guys, when they hit that, that's a that's a base hit just about anywhere. And you see story. His reaction to sold it. Where he was like, yeah, okay, let me bring it back together. Let yeah. me bring it in. Marquez again put the put his hat over his heart. There was something really special there in in that moment. And yeah, sure, it didn't didn't finish out the way we would have liked. It up to that point, it had all of the trademark stuff. And I don't know that Freeland's game had that. Did did was there that big play in the Freeland start back in July of 2017 against the White Sox? Not that I can remember. Right. But it did go longer. It did go. Uh, one more batter longer than than Marquez was able to go. Are you so? Is the claim here that it's the best pitched game in Rockies history, or best pitched game at Coors Field? Right. So those are those are two major elements of this whole thing, right? Because right. if it's the best pitched game at Coors Field, one hundred percent agree. But I by still Rockies think- pitcher. By Rockies pitcher, right, right, right. By Rockies pitcher. A lot of qualifiers. Right, right, right. On a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday night. (laughs) Obviously, Ubaldo's no-hitter is still going to be the best, in my opinion. It holds a special place in my heart. It was so cool to finally see the Rockies get a no-hitter. It's the only no-hitter in team history. Um, But obviously, that didn't take place at Coors Field. So you can have have those two exist. Yes, there were a lot of walks in that (laughs) game. Um, Which, I mean... I think Herman didn't get a strikeout until what the third inning. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have the strikeout stuff going as as much. It was the fourth inning, so he didn't get a strikeout yeah. till the fourth inning. But I mean, you you kind of already touched on it. The defense that was behind him was phenomenal. He still managed like twelve ground outs um, until he got that strikeout. I think something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just something crazy. So you know, the defense behind him was spect- spectacular, even though you know he didn't get that first strikeout to the fourth inning, but. It was incredible. And the best part is, is the pace of the game was moving. I think that game only took like two hours and 18 minutes, which is great. Yeah. But I was going to say, it's really funny what you, it it all depends on like what constitutes for you, like the best pitched game. Right. Right. Like to, to Patrick's point, like Freeland maybe didn't need quite as much help from his defense, but he also labored quite a bit more throughout that game. There's a reason he didn't finish his. That's the big Mark on Freeland is once he gave up the hit, you could see he was gassed. Melky Cabrera kind of rookie too, right? You got you have to protect him in that spot. Yeah, you so didn't necessarily need that. It's like kid, you're gonna have bigger moments ahead of you, and he absolutely did, and he's absolutely you know pitched well in those big moments. Right. 2018 wild card game, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, the, he didn't need any of the big defensive help. But that said, he like nibbled all game, ended up with an mm-hmm. elevated pitch count, couldn't finish. All of those things uh, where 
Marquez gets the Greg Maddox, right? The the complete game shutout in under a hundred pitches. Ninety-two. 92. That's right in the game. So his pitch efficiency, despite the fact that he didn't get the strikeout. So John Gray has the game at Coors Field where he struck out 16 San Diego Padres, mm. a record that he broke a Randy Johnson record mm-hmm. of most strikeouts in Coors Field history. Also a complete game shutout, but four singles. None of them hit especially well. You know, the defense just happens to be pitched, positioned differently on that day. Maybe that's the best game in, in Coors Field history. Um, and then the other thing about the Ubaldo one that, of course, I, I know things people like to bring up and no hitters and perfect games and all this stuff. And I think the thing that holds up best for Ubaldo, despite the fact that he let people get to like second base a couple of times where like nobody threatened in either of these Marquez games when he was in San Francisco or last night, like nobody even believed they were going to get to second base. Even Kai Tom after that single in the ninth was immediately erased on a very easy double play. Yeah. Um, but Ubaldo faced uh, an extraordinarily talented Atlanta Braves lineup that featured a couple of Hall of Famers, uh, a couple of perennial all-stars, a couple of batting champs. Uh, I think that team had a combined like OPS plus of 117 walking into that game. So Ubaldo took on like Brian McCann and Chipper Jones and uh, a couple other, like I'm trying to remember who else, like, really good players. Uh, and this, of course, was against the the Pirates. Pirates. But also, not only was he great on the mound, but he hit two doubles. Yeah. He had he hit two doubles. He had an RBI. I mean, he was offensively contributing to the team, right. which Scored. was so cool to watch, which is why I don't want the universal DH. Hashtag uh, pitchers who rake. Um, it was so cool 24 hours earlier. What Goodness. happened with Freeland? What did we talk about? Oh, my God. I know. No, you were pro DH just because you don't want to see pitchers get hurt. If you were an article of clothing, you would be a flip-flop. Okay? What? <laughs> Come on. That is false. That is false. The only reason I, I've ever said that I wanted a DH was because I hate watching pitchers go up there and just take three, like four balls and just which most or of them three do. strikes and yeah, just get striked out. Yeah, like it's it, that bothers me. But other than that, I love oh, watching pitchers try to hit. It's other hilarious. than 95% of the uh, plate appearances. <laughs> oh, whatever. You know, let's not get into an argument about universal DH. All I'm trying to say is Herman Marquez, way to go, dude. You almost had a no-hitter and you hit two doubles yeah. and you drove in a run. That is amazing. I absolutely so, love to see that. And that that almost like tips the scales where you said it's the best game right played rather than pitched by a Rockies player who threw a shutout of all time (laughs) in a stadium still active. Ubaldo Jimenez, of course, did it at Turner Field, which is no longer active. So you throw in that little caveat. Okay, Herman Marquez, you've got the greatest. Not having to watch the bullpen play was like reason (laughs) enough for me to be like, this is incredible. Thank you, Herman, for saving us from watching, having to watch the bullpen pitch. God bless you. But I mean, no, he, that performance was incredible. He has looked so good this season and through his last three starts, he's only given up four hits and one run in 22 innings. So like, Boy. He has just been lights out on the mound, which is so great to see. Again, I am just it's awesome to watch. Like it's it's so weird to see this rotation do so so well in this type of season because I feel like it gets a lot of their performance gets overshadowed by a lot of the negative things that are happening with the team, but I mean, come on. This starting rotation is phenomenal and Herman Marquez is that dude. His performances have been incredible. And going back to that stat with the 23 innings, 
only one run, which was a home run, oddly enough. Twenty-two innings and 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 four hits, twenty-three innings. Oh, um, only three guys have ever done it: Marquez, uh, uh, Rube Markard, who is a Hall of Famer, and Johnny Vandermeer, who is in the Hall of Pretty Darn Good. Through back-to-back no hitters, the most and Marquez is the third guy in that group. Because no one will ever throw three consecutive no hitters. Someone could tie. Vandermeer, but no one will ever break that record. Yeah. 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 He he looked fantastic. And then even like after the game, just um that was the most exciting post-game zoom we've we've had in a while. Yeah. Everyone was feeling good. It, it, again, if you were to sit sit in on it, you would have thought he completed the no-hitter. Just the way Buddy was smiling, just feeling good. Marquez was like, Wow, I, I did it, but he didn't do it. And he was aware that, like, no, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it done. I'm I'm going to throw a no hitter. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you've got the confidence that he's going to do because he thought he was going to have that this time. He thought he was going to have that Tuesday night based on his previous start. I remember, he had to get lifted because of cramps, and he ended up he ended up batting in the bottom of the inning, and uh, you know had had to get pulled early. So he was he's been on the precipice of this for a little while now, and. Again, the, the, just to see them post game, they were so excited. And uh, Buddy even said in that that final at bat, like, "Yeah, I was a little bit nervous. I was like, don't hit another double. Like, just get out. We just saw what happened mm-hmm. with Kyle Freeland running to two different bases, right. going from first to third, right? And Marquez after the game, very nonchalantly, it was just like, yeah, why not? I, I wanted to get a third double. Like, trying to hit another double. Why? Man. Why couldn't I? And again, you see Shohei Otani doing all this stuff." Who will be pitching tonight in a little bit in New York? That's must see television. Yeah. And you go, hey, you know, this stuff is possible. This stuff is possible. And if you take care of your body the right way, which is easier said than done, that's not to say Rockies pitchers and players haven't done that because we see it on both sides. We see it on, on, on the visiting side too. Um, guys coming up with cramps and heat exhaustion and all that. But it, it, it is possible. And Herman Marquez is, is showing that. A Rockies pitcher can throw a no hitter at Coors Field, and I and I do believe he will be the first. It's it's funny to think what a difference that dinky, stupid little single to right from a one forty seven hitter on a knuckle curve that just hung a tiny little bit. That if he throws any other pitch there. He buries that curveball, or he throws a slider, or a fastball, or a changeup. It's it, don't say his name. <laughs> he, he's he's another one, the cousin and the guy batting one twenty nine. We don't talk about those guys. I always by think somebody is uh, is messing up a spoonerization of Ty Cobb every time someone says his name. I think Kai Tob. Interesting. Kai, no, Kai, they're, they're, Kai, yeah. Kai, oh, sounds weird in my brain every time they say We it. have to call the one guy who we'll see tomorrow, by the way. Keep in mind, St. Louis Cardinals coming to town for four-game hmm. set. Rockies in four. I remember. But we call him the cousin, whereas the other guy, that 129 hitter, I don't think we're going to have a problem not mentioning him on the podcast. Yeah, I, Again, <laughs> better athlete than all of us combined, but still, man, he is my least favorite Pirates player now of all time. I always wonder, like, what goes through their heads when that happens? Like, they obviously when know you what's break happening. up a no hitter, right? Yeah. Or the pitcher? Well, both, but mostly in this situation of like the the hitter that just broke it up. Like, obviously, you know what's happening. Like, you're paying attention to the game, so you know you're getting no hit. So 
you know, you're in the ninth inning and this guy's only a couple outs away from getting a no hitter and you are the person that breaks it up. And you're like, when you get to the base and you're standing there, like what's going through your head? Like, well, I'm glad I, our team didn't get no hit, but like, do they feel bad? Like, I don't know. I feel like that would be such like a hard, cause like they're baseball players. Like they know how hard it is to get a no hitter. Like they know how much it would mean to the pitcher. And then, you know, they're obviously not winning that game. They're down eight runs. So, you know, what is the point of getting a hit at that and in the ninth inning? Like, you're not going to win this game. Right. So, like, I don't know. I just I, I just want to know. There's the, interesting. Yeah, we uh, we talked during the pandemic. One of the things we did was talk about a lot of our favorite baseball movies and one that I think Patrick and I have always loved and appreciated. That's got kind of a weird reputation among baseball movies is the For Love of the Game. with Kevin mm. Costner. Right. Mm because it's actually like two thirds of romantic drama and one third of baseball movie. But the third that's a baseball movie is really good. And he's the, the whole thing is he's throwing the perfect game. Right. And uh, I think it's the very last batter. They bring in some rookie to face him. And Vin Scully actually is the, the voice, the play-by-play during this game. And he starts explaining that the reason for it might be that the rookie wouldn't fully understand the gravity of the situation that he's just going up there trying to get a hit trying to do whatever trying to prove himself maybe trying to do a little ego thing he cares more about whereas a veteran of the game who's got 1500 or 2000 at bats you know in, in in major league baseball and somebody who might be a little more in awe of the moment and might not come up so so the, i think that's very much to your point you and vin scully making the same observation about what is it like to be that player, especially when you're a young player. Yeah. Um, I always think about that though. I don't know why, but I just have the weirdest like random thoughts at random times, but it's like, I always think about what goes through their heads. Like when you're the person that breaks up the no hitter, when you're the pitcher that just lost the no hitter, when you're like, Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, playing the infield and like, let's say like you made an error and then a guy, you know, I guess that technically wouldn't count as a hit, as a hit, but whatever, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you cost the guy a perfect like, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what happens, you know, when you're, I feel like there's so much pressure when you're in the infield too, or just, I guess, playing any defensive position while a no hitter is going on because you don't want to be that guy that like ruins the no hitter. I just, I don't know. I want to know. I want to know. These that's things. that's why these guys are, are <laughs> professionals, you know, and, yeah. and, and to your point drew this idea of like a veteran kind of being aware of the situation. It's kind of like, you know, a groove in a fastball right down in the middle of the plate. So uh, a guy you respect hits a home run and uh, his, his, his final game, you know, uh, before he retires, but that one at bat, you know, like you said, eh, they're not going to win the game. Right. It was eight, nothing at that point. Tacos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And you go like, so what's the point? Well, for this guy getting hit in 129, that could have been his final at bat in the majors. That one at bat, could have meant everything could have been the difference think back yeah. a couple couple years ago in fact in in 2019 i think was when the the lawsuit came out but um picture for the dodgers mike bolsinger who he sued the astros after the whole oh, yeah. sign stealing uh scheme came out and again I, I think it was totally dismissed out of court and you understand it and maybe that was just a shot in the dark but he said man i got i got knocked around you know pretty badly and couldn't really make it back to the majors and that that was all because of that game and and for the opposing team stealing and so how one performance on on any given day maybe is the difference between a coach saying yeah let's send this guy down and and who knows you may never get back to the show or you start a streak you start something special and right. get things going and maybe uh change how you know the dynamics of of the clubhouse and and you you know maybe become this kind of quiet leader or something like that you just never know and that's why you, you 
you go from game to game, you go from pitch to pitch, and you, you just got to do what you can to, to stay alive, even if that means you Break know, breaking, breaking some hearts uh, of, of people in the, the Rocky Mountain region, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I don't ever want it to sound like I'm suggesting that, like, at that point, they should just, like, not try to get of a course, hit and yeah. just, like, of be non-competitive because nobody wants to watch, like, a non-competitive baseball game, regardless if there's, like, a no-hitter going or not. Right. Obviously, that's not what they're there to do. They're there to compete. They're there to try to get a hit. And also, too, you know, if you get to that point and guys are just like, oh, well, I don't want to break this up, then that takes away the specialness of getting a no-hitter because then it becomes less difficult. And the point the whole point of getting a no hitter is that it's really, really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to make it sound like I'm suggesting like, Oh, they should have, he should have just not hit it. Like, of course, the, like hit the ball. There's but. a bunch of interesting, weird, fine lines there though. Right. Cause like some people think you don't bunt in that situation. And I've never, right. I've never been one of those people either. For no. me, it's like, I'm again, back to what Patrick said, you know, I got, I got to get my hits. I got to get my, whatever. Um, right. uh, speaking as uh, again, this, I'm going to use this analogy in both ways because I, I really thought Armand Marquez's reaction when he lost it, speaking on the other side of what's going through your mind, was really interesting. I felt like I would have been more angry at losing a no-hitter in MLB The Show. And then I, like, <laughs> I would have like yelled and screamed and like been very demonstrative. And he just had this look on his face like, yep, oops, that, yep, yep, oops, damn. Okay. And he knew he wasn't going to allow any more, too. You could see him just turn around and go, Oops, shouldn't have thrown that pitch. And then, he threw like four more pitches? Yeah. yeah. It, it, the game was over in, uh, a minute and a half later. It's, it, it was like he knew that he just let one slip out of his hand and and that was going to cost him. He said, yep, that's why it's hard to get back to Michaela's point. Yeah. That's why it's so damn hard to get one. But even if he'd have bunted there, I'd have been like, hey, fine. You know, that's that's. Yeah a part of the game but well, if uh, anybody knows me they know how starkly i am against the unwritten rules of baseball so i, I completely yeah. agree that that logic is stupid if you're gonna bunt then just bunt the ball and but you I don't still... want to get no hit it right. sucks there's that yeah. other there, that other side of it where you're just like no nah, not not on us do this on someone we will root for history when you're playing someone else buddy <laughs> yeah exactly it, it was also cool after the game and, and you know nick Groke kind of pointed this out is that after the game, guys were able to just fall on hug each other and celebrate right, right. like normal times. Again, as this reminder that, you know, if, if you, you're careful and you're cautious and you, you do what you're supposed to do and you're you're a good boy or girl or good person, you know, uh, you, you can reap those rewards. And it was just really nice for them to be able to celebrate in that fashion. And I think that was something that kind of permeated throughout the clubhouse and, and, and down on the field is this, you know, this thing of like, yeah, wow, we're – Things are things are normal as as abnormal as it is for uh, the Rockies yeah. again to be dominating, to be sweeping at home and <laughs> and all that stuff, and have a guy you know take a no hitter into the ninth. Man, it, it was uh, it was really cool for them to be able to celebrate that, not have to worry, and just be like, "Wow, can you believe what we were a part of tonight?" And when that that actually would have been the first uh, for, for my research. That would have been the first time that. Uh, I believe Bud Black would have been on the winning side of a no hitter. Yeah, he and again he's he was a pitcher during his career, so uh, he's obviously not at fault. But uh, <laughs> Dave Steed threw one against them. Kevin Gross, um, I think when he was in San Francisco, yeah. there was a there was a one or two other ones out there. Even when he was with the Angels, um, so I don't think he'd ever been on on the winning side of a no hitter. And even though he still still hasn't, yeah. You know, kind of uh, bridge that gap, man. He was he 
was in such a good mood last night and uh it was it was cool to see that the again just the whole team feeling good back at home and you can kind of even see it a little bit when they're on the road of like look it is what it is yeah. sure we maybe we only win one out of these five games like like they did last week and we'll see what happens when they go on the road next week to Arizona there's a great place to go on the road too yeah um and they go hey maybe we don't get the results uh as far as wins go but we're feeling good we're playing well we're we're competitive and you know we're we're not getting the the crap beat out of us i think you know as crazy as it might sound those days may be behind them no, yeah, I, sure. yeah, I always thought it was. Yeah, that's that's why early in the season I never ran away with any of the. It's like they're young and inexperienced. So you know what's happening right now? They're getting experienced, yeah. real hard life lessons being taught to them by other really good major league baseball players, and that's that's part of what happens. But it, and the I crazy part is, to... is if they weren't as bad as they are on the road, they would be a good baseball team. Yeah, if they weren't as bad as they were, they'd be good. Yeah. You can't. Yes. You summed it up so perfectly. If they Call weren't so bad, they'd be so prayer. good. They, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but honestly, though, the the road the road games are what's killing them. They're a really good yeah. team when they're at home, and it just sucks to to see that all of their performances and hard work that shows what kind of team that they can be at home is kind of diminished by their performances no. on the road. More than halfway through the season, they've only lost 16 games at home. And you're like, oh, like, so they're a good baseball crazy. team, right? Yeah. It's the Princess Leia Anakin meme. So they're so they're a good baseball team, right? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. No. It was the same. It was like I saw a thing the other day where, you know, when they were on the this last road trip, their, their starting rotation had a 1.55 ERA through, like, 23 innings and they still lost all those games yeah yeah they even yeah the starting pitching was really good on the road and and all that but to to put a final bow on the the marquez thing it's wild to me that 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 dinky little hit takes what was probably it would have been a top 10 moment in colorado rockies history and and in competition for the number one moment in rockies history that wasn't related to the postseason or, or even like you could even just say 2007 probably yeah. like if you could just take out the year 2007 <laughs> that was close to being because if Herman Marquez throws a no hitter at Coors then step aside Ubaldo there's no debate whatsoever right. yeah. it's a no-no it's at Coors it's the only one Iraqi has ever thrown there it's the only one anyone other than Hideo Nomo who nobody could hit for two years because he threw the ball from behind his head it didn't make any sense and nobody understood it um, you know, and, and, and it was, he was right. What, just like you said, just bury that pitch or something. Damn it. Cause it's that much of a difference between greatest moment in Rockies history and a really nice, great game that we're all going to remember very fondly. One pitch away. Yeah. One pitch. One pitch away. Uh, well, sometimes it gets just that close, folks, and sometimes you need it just that close. That's why you got to get Manscaped. They get you nice and close. Get it up there. Get it zipped up. Get it tight. Uh, and also, trick, I've been told, works for the ladies, too. Life hack. Hey, get Manscaped. Get ladiescaped. They don't, they don't call it that, but it absolutely works. Get it at manscaped.com. Use the discount code DNVR. You'll get 20% off. I'm sorry, DNVR20. You'll get free shipping and 20% off. Get yourself that lawnmower 4.0, some spritzer, some nice smelling deodorants, 
some really comfortable boxers, whatever you got to get, get yourself taken care of. There is no excuse not to be manscaped in this, the year 2021. So get it done and use promo code DNBR20 for free shipping plus 20% off. And also that'll put a big old smile on your face and the face of anybody who's taken care of you. And you want to also make sure that everyone smiles involved the best they can absolutely be. They can be best by taking a look over at our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning, x-ray, and exam today. They'll treat you like family. They'll talk to you about sports. They'll give you absolutely expertise dental care. I feel like sometimes I forget to mention that. I always mention like the environment. Like they, they treat you nice and they make you feel comfortable and they talk to you about sports and it's and they give you the free Sonicare, but also they take care of your teeth extraordinarily well. It's the most important thing. So do check them out today at Green Mountain Dental Group. And last one here for you at this point. If you're having fun riding along with the hot streak that the Colorado Rockies are on, the hot streak that our guy Patrick Lines is on. Hopefully you've been following his heater at DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, goodness. Dog is excited about the heater at DraftKings Sportsbook, also making some money. Getting in on these bets, uh, whether it's who's going to get a hit, who's going to get a home run, the overs, the unders, the strikeouts, who's going to get a no-hitter at Coors Field. Can they not? Are you not allowed to? Lay that down. Can you imagine what the bet would be? $4 billion. Plus. Uh, yeah. So maybe not quite that, but just about anything else that makes it a whole lot more fun. Uh, whether you're still paying attention to the NBA or not, if you are new to sign up, just pick a team to win. Lay down $1. Use promo code DNBR when you sign up, and you'll turn it into 100 bucks in free credits if they win the game. Bet on that basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, that's right. You claim $100 in free credits for just a dollar down. It's promo code DNBR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Wade paid, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What is this note Will has? Okay, <laughs> it's another one of these baseball stats. I'm going to read it one word at a time. There has not been a nine-inning no-hitter thrown at home by any pitcher from a Denver team, even dating back to the Denver Bears era. There we go. There was a seven-inning no-hitter, but no one has ever thrown nine innings of no-hit baseball as the home member of a Denver team. So, oh. Missed it by that much. Oh. All right. Let's get to – let's highlight some other ball players and do a little bit of uh, 20th and Blaze. And actually, we can double up on these graphics here, can't we? Because isn't the guy who's fifth on 20th and Blaze also our draft king of the game? He would be. Uh, that's Mr. Garrett Hampson. He's our draft king sportsbook. The hamster. King of the game. Or as Jack Corrigan called him, the Hampinator. That was a new one. Oh, uh, he went four for five, was four for four with a double there going into that final at bat and really put some good wood on the ball, actually. In that fifth one, <laughs> uh, sent it back far. Uh, didn't get it, didn't fall in, but four for five with two RBI, some good defense there at second base. Did a good job at the top of the order, filling in for the dagger, filling in for Jonathan Daza there, uh, pairing nicely with Tapia scoring a pair of runs and again just overall 
getting them into the game, getting them, you know, back into the game a little bit. Well, yeah, it was two, they were down 2-0 early. Nevertheless, he was kind of the catalyst for those, a lot of those early runs after Crone hit that home run. So he's been playing really well uh, over the course of the last week plus. So uh, he starts out at number five for us there on 20th and Blaze. Yeah, I like the play he had that didn't count. That was maybe my favorite thing that happened. It just reminds you of his elite level speed when they forgot for just a moment in, in the shift for Charlie Blackman to not have anybody on third base. Mm-hmm. And he took off in a foot race with the third baseman, Cabrian Hayes, and, and, and beat him there. And then the throw skipped away a little bit, and he came in to score the run that then they said the time had been called by Charlie at the plate. Uh, but still, it was like one of those talk about manufacturing a run, dude. Uh, yeah, when and first hit of the game being the swinging bunt variety just reminds you. Uh, and again, as the uh, broadcast was pointing out, and as we've talked about here on the show, you know, we're starting to realize more and more that Garrett Hampson really can handle left handed pitching just extraordinarily well. He's got this, he's hitting over 300 against lefties. That has not been his issue. It's definitely been the righties, but when he does get the ball in play, lots of great things happen for him. Did today. Fun to see. It's his third career four-hit game, and since June 2nd, he's batting 487 with five doubles, one triple, one home run. I mean, come on, kid. That's awesome. Good for him. I mean, he's not playing as much. And a lot of that, you know, I've seen people – comparing his stats to other people and and look the Rockies have figured out when and where and how to play him a little bit better and that's good there's nothing against Hampson but he hasn't quite yet proven that he can be an everyday all the time player but when put in the right spots he can maximize his value and those players are really important for you and it's important to for your management your coaching staff to do that so good on everyone involved there for finding the right way to get the most out of Hampson. Coming in at 4th and 20th and Blaze, C.J. Crone. He had the big first home run today. Was a little bit quiet over the last week or so, but today had that big breakout. That kind of was, an, again, another no-doubter uh, for a slider that uh, didn't really slide too much there as it went out <laughs> over left field. So good on C.J. Crone, getting it going, providing that veteran leadership. They really were anticipating him providing uh, here in the first half of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's his 11th home run of the season, and nine of his 11 homers have come at Coors Field with five of them coming from the last nine games. So like Patrick was saying, he's heating up. He's providing that veteran leadership that we needed in that locker room, and he is back on track. Love to see the the power stroke uh, one way or the other. It's just – it's fun. Like you said, when a guy makes a mistake, he's, you know, Croner's not going away and getting that change up low and away and – lofting it into right field for a nice little base hit very often. That's not the kind of a bat you're getting out of him these days. He's hitting mistakes, but guys throw, guys make mistakes. <laughs> you don't want to make one to him. So, we'll Yeah, I hope this is, I hope you're right, Michaela. This is like the start of, of him breaking out uh, as he was over 15 uh, going into this game. Uh, played really well in Seattle. And again, we are, we are going back. And not just talking about a single series, and, and we're going back a little bit further than that. He did yeah, have that big home run in Seattle. So, yeah, yeah this, this could be the start of him. He, he does have those hot streaks, and it usually does start with a homer much like this. So good call. I think that's a, that's a great prediction. Number three is Mr. Elias 
Diaz, the receiver there for Herman Marquez's one hitter. He's actually been hitting the ball pretty well, has two home runs over the last week plus, and has lifted his average quite a lot since it was as low as you could possibly get. Nice way of putting it. (laughs) Only one direction to go there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he can smash the ball. When he does make contact with the ball, it's usually <laughs> it's usually a big one. Um, and you know, we always we always talk about the pitchers in these no hitter situations, obviously and deservedly so. But they are equally a little, a little less equally as special for the people who are catching those no hitters. You know, it's it's a it's a team effort, especially with that that catcher and pitcher tandem. And you know, Elias obviously did a good job of calling pitches knowing which pitches to call at what point um, and definitely helped contribute to that outstanding effort by Herman Marquez. Again, awesome. You love to see that type of stuff. He's got a nice yeah. little four-game hit streak uh, for the last four games that he started. Homers and two consecutive. And he goes out and does that against the team that cast him off. Uh, was, I was going to say. with yeah. the Pirates for about four seasons. And so when you're going to have that game – Shoot, that's pretty darn good. He never he said in the post game that he had never actually caught a no hitter at any level of the majors. So man, that would have been nice for him. But Special it was good that there. he got close with his uh, fellow Venezuelan in uh, Herman Marquez. Yeah, and the home run in, in game one, which was a, a two to nothing game, you know, yep. that, that was, ended up being close. And the other run was kind of a, a fun and weird and interesting manufactured one where Freeland got on base. Tapia replaced him on the fielder's choice, which was incredibly beneficial because then Daza hits a ball down the line or in the gap. And, and the only way that Tapia is the Tapia and Hampson are the only guys on the team that are going to score a run there and let Daza get to third. If, yep. if Freeland had still been on first. So that was really their cleanest run in that first game was the home run from Diaz to see him get a couple here. Didn't play in the third game. It was a Nunez game. So he homered in every game he played against his former team here at home. And uh, like you said, Patrick, yeah, caught a, caught a real nice one for his buddy Armand Marquez. Nice to see that first time Elias Diaz is really and, – and honestly, we had to get him on there. He's had a very rough season as we talked. Yep. We, we, we all know what he's gone through this year. It's been rough. First time he's come anywhere close to being on 20th and Blaze and, and well-earned, I say. I agree. Love it. All right, number two, Flat Stanley himself, Mr. Kyle Freeland. <laughs> After his fantastic performance on Monday, he's probably going to – hopefully he's treated himself to some pickle juice since then to kind of reduce that cramping. But uh, he's been pretty good over the last week. Two starts, 11 innings pitched, only gave up one earned run, did get a victory. Strikeout numbers are going up. Walks mm-hmm. are going down. He has been really solid and finally kind of figuring it out since coming off the IL at the beginning of the month. And you got to say, all right, hey, he, he, ha- he had his spring training at the major league level. Now he's ready to rock and ready to go. And you hope that he can continue that. And I think he can. We'll get another start here in Colorado against St. Louis on Saturday against a former teammate of his. Uh, and I like the odds of that continuing to go well for him. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, he's definitely on the best type of trajectory, which is improving upon improving upon improving. And, you know, we didn't really know what we were going to get with him when he came off the injured list. You know, obviously he had that incredible season in 2018 and then struggled a little little bit after that, you know, up and down in the minors, had a little minor stint. So, um, you know, you don't, you didn't really know what you were going to be getting this, this season with Kyle Freeland, especially coming off of an injury. So to see him doing so well and continually improving on his starts is obviously nothing but positive and what you want to see from someone in his position. So I definitely agree that he is going to be able to continue to build upon those starts and hopefully just keep improving this season and, you know, kind of proving us or most people that, you know, he can, he can compete at this level and be consistent at this level, which is, I think what we all want to see out of Kyle Freeland is just consistency. Absolutely. And who could possibly be, at number one, Patrick. <laughs> that would be Mr. Herman Marquez. Fantastic one hitter. Uh, don't forget, he did have some really good performances out on the road. Uh, he's helped lower his ERA. I think since some, somewhere in the early part of June, uh, he's lowered it just about nearly an entire run. He's He has been fantastic. He may become the... Rockies lone all-star. We'll see. Maybe they're, they they couldn't possibly sneak a second one in there. Uh, but he's making the case now to do that as he has lowered his season-long ERA to 3.62. Uh, in his last five starts at Coors Field since May 21st, 35 innings pitched, three earned runs. Yes, wow. that's a point. Anytime your ERA starts yeah. with a point. It's pretty yeah. good. 0.77 ERA, 0.40 whip. He's not even allowing guys on Jeez. base. Incredible. Unbelievable. Goodness gracious. This is the Herman Marquez I have wanted to see all yeah. season long. This is the ace pitcher that we have all wanted to see from Herman Marquez. You know, the season got off to a bit of a bumpy start is kind of just okay for a little bit there. And now this is the type of stuff that you want to see from the ace of your team. He has really delivered and done so in a way that has maximized his starts. So it's, I mean, I don't know what else you could really ask for from the guy. He He's locking it down. He's the ace that the Rockies need him to be. Yeah. Over his last, oh, shoot, I just lost it. I had it. I had his 10 games. I was going to do the, the 10 games because, remember, 11 games ago was the one where he gave up eight runs in the first thing, so we don't want to talk about that. He still had that bad one against Cincinnati, too. So There's that does, does include that in there as well. So including that bad game in Cincinnati, he's pitched 10 games. The Rockies are 7-3 and three in those games. He's got a 232 ERA. Opponents are hitting 185 on basing 253 and slugging just 288. That's an OPS of 533 against Armand Marquez over his last 66 innings pitched. Okay. I wonder, and I again haven't looked at you know all the other pitchers in in MLB, and you know there's been some guys just locking it down, and they've been doing it just every single start. So we'll see. Jacob but yeah, I think I think he's but, of them. but for the month of June, Marquez is four and one with a two point four one ERA, thirty two strikeouts to nine walks, and you got to think uh, he's in the running for uh, pitcher of the month, right? Yeah. So there, there's a potential, and even better than that, well, about the same as that, 
if you're looking for some interesting angles uh, on the season for him, in night games, he has a 2.47 ERA. Batters are only hitting 175 against him. That's so in d- during the day, 4.84. Hot day games with both so, guys. Yeah. That's pitch him at night. Pitch him at night. I like that. All right. I'm down with it. Although his next start, I think, will be a day game on Sunday, oh, of July. It's been a lot of day, day games. It's messed him up. I'm blaming the schedule makers for, for all of it. Uh, he has actually pitched in all, he's, he's pitched in more day games than night games. Nine yeah. day games to eight just, night games, which, which you know, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to find out if actually that was, you know, maybe the most in MLB. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. that's a curious one. Yeah, that's very interesting. All right, let's get into a few thoughts on the Cardinals series coming up here. But before we do that, we've got to remind you about our friends, uh, the Colorado XOs out there playing some rugby, doing the thing, making it happen. You got to get in. It's a whole lot of fun. They've got a Rugby Town Sevens tournament coming up in August. A lot of fun stuff going on out at Infinity Park. Uh, whether you're into rugby or you just like sports and you think you might maybe be into rugby, I highly recommend you give it a chance. You give it an opportunity. Uh, Check out Colton Strickler and the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Follow them on Twitter. Follow that podcast. Get all caught up with everything that's going on out there. Uh, They're doing a lot of fun things, including a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse showing at July 12th out there at Infinity Park. So if you just want to get out to the beautiful place and check it out and then realize, oh, I've got to see some rugby here. This place is amazing. Do that. Uh, Check the Infinity uh, Park uh, calendar. Where is it at? Uh, And... Uh, I don't don't have the infinity, find the infinity park calendar, go there. There is all kinds of fantastic stuff there. And also if you're someone out there looking to get recruited by the Colorado XOs, you got to contact their director of recruitment, Peter Pasquet at P-P-A-S-Q-U-E at Glendale.us.co.us. Sorry, there's two of them in there and the way it's broken up on here looks terrible. I gotta, I gotta rewrite that, or at least move that. <laughs> uh, but do, do check them out, man. Rugby's a whole lot of fun. Infinity Park is an awesome place to take in a game. They just did a pretty cool draft on their podcast where they just took athletes, which, frankly, is is what happens in rugby. Right, is kids don't grow up necessarily playing be, rugby. Yeah. Same thing with bobsled. Like bobsled, no, no one actually bobsleds. They just have a combine and and they test you in like five different areas. I actually, had a friend who uh, was was an Olympic level rower. Uh, and, and he was thinking about doing the bobsled. They do the same thing for rugby where they just take really great athletes, kind of teach them the game. And so uh, they did a, a fun draft on the rugby podcast looking at some of the greatest athletes in, in Denver, Colorado history, you know, kind of compare them to, to current guys. And so uh, that could be a good first foray in, in learning the sport is, is hearing about, you know, where Chauncey Billups would be there, uh, Von Miller, all those guys. It, it was pretty cool. So the St. Louis Cardinals coming into town for a four-game set. As we've talked about, this would be really nice time for the Rockies to finally win one of these four-game sets. Uh, I'm still feeling a, a split probably most likely, though. You, you want to get that first game. Uh, we've talked, I think, kind of ad nauseum about the reactions we think Nolan will get and all of that stuff. So just for the series, how do we think uh, the Rockies are going to play Michaela? Oh, I hate making these types of predictions because I always feel like I jinx it. Oh, I think that they are going to be terrible. 
I think that they are going to play well. I think the Rockies are an incredible home team and they have the obviously advantage of being at cores. The Cardinals are struggling a little bit right now, especially, you know, with their pitching. And I feel like now is a good time to capitalize on the fact that this Cardinals team is struggling a little bit. And I really feel like the Rockies would at least be able to get two of the four. I feel confident in two of four. I really do. I think, again, the Coors Field advantage for them is going to be their biggest asset. And as long as they don't kind of let the hubba blue of the cousin kind of distract them, I think they're going to be fine. Um, and I think, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously I can't speak for the team and I don't know how they feel about, you know, the whole Nolan situation. None of us have been able to really talk to them since it all went down, but there might be a little bit of a chip on their shoulder there where they, you know, they want to show that they, they can be a team, a good team and perform without, without Nolan there. So I'm hoping that, you know, they go out there and, not demoralize the Cardinals because obviously I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I hope that they hold their own and I think that they win, they will and that they can. So I'm, I'm expecting at least a two, a two game split. Yeah, I think it's very possible for them to win, win two games. And then that's going to be my prediction too. They, as, as we talked about previously at the end of the Milwaukee series that each of their four game series, they've gotten better, right? They, yeah. they took the first game on opening day. 1.0, which we didn't know that's what it was going to be called at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, no one knew. Uh, Who knew? You don't, you, you don't call something 1.0 because you don't know there's going to be a second. But, yeah, they won the first game against the Dodgers. They lost the next three. Okay, that's the baseline. Then against Cincinnati, they go 2-2, two and two, but they had won the first two games, had leads in the second two, and frustratingly, the bullpen totally blows it up. And you go, you split it, but, man, that could have been better, and it looked Kind of ugly on, on second thought. And then against Milwaukee, it was the same thing where Milwaukee just outplayed them. You, Milwaukee's a very, very good team. They're a better team than Cincinnati. They will win the NL Central. That will be my biggest regret that I didn't have the cojones to, to take them uh, to, to win that division. And and here's maybe an opportunity for them to, to take everything and all that momentum that they've had in those first three, four-game sets and maybe use it again to their advantage. I know St. Louis has a three game winning streak going in uh, to today and that's going to be hard. And, and they've, they've got their own uphill battle to go, but uh, I like the angle that you've got there, Michaela of, you know, the guys that are almost left behind, like, Hey, we still exist. We're still worthy of, we're worthy of being traded to a contender and playing well. And so, you know what, we're going to go ahead and, and, and we're worthy of being traded. Yeah, we are. Nolan left, left town. And it was like, look, trade me to a contender. I want to go win a championship again. So you don't think you could win one with us. So they, they've got that chip on their shoulder. You're on a Why not? Place team do, too, buddy. Hey, look, Hey, look, you're that's on true. <laughs> that's, I'm, and I'm, we're a better I'm fourth place team. And I think that's what a lot of the guys are going to want to yeah, go out there and say. We're a better fourth place. You team. thought it was so much better over there. Well, you know what? You're miserable right now being on a team that's <laughs> supposed to be good and sitting there in fourth place and pissed off. And look at how much fun we're having. Like, look at us running around the bases with Hampson and Tapia and Daza and these guys doing things. And uh, honestly, it brings me so much joy <laughs> to see how upset Cardinals fans are with the state of the team so mad. and watching them just speculate all over the internet if Nolan is going to opt out or not. It brings me. 
I just so much joy. So happy that's Katie Wu's problem now and not mine. <laughs> Every I'm time so I see her on her tweets, I just I just feel like I just want to give her a hug and be like, I know. Well, I know exactly how you feel. I've, ta- I've talked to her a couple of times. She's but like, come on, none of you can deny wrong. it feels so good watching Cardinals fans just panic about whether or not Nolan is going to opt out or not. It, I mean, oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. In a weird way, they're they're making a, a lot. I'm not going to say they're making a lot out of nothing, but if he does opt out, what did they give up? I was going to say. You know what I mean? Like they, It's not like, like, oh, no, what is they gave up mistake? Something. For a guy, if you, if you if you come in fourth place, and then you lose the guy, and Austin Gomber turns out to be real, and any of these yeah. other hit, even if even if none of, even if none of the other guys ever hit, that's the only way this gets like saved to a degree, like Austin, right? Like Austin, and, and to know that's well, on the table well, is interesting. No, it might it it's might not be saved it's because if he opts out and goes to the Dodgers, that's just going to be everybody's worst well, freaking nightmare. We're talking about from the Cardinals' perspective, but yeah. Oh, okay, okay, at that okay. Point you got yes. five ball players for a guy who went somewhere and added nothing to nothing. Yes. Yeah, from a Cardinals perspective, that would just be, oh my god! I think Cardinals fans would actually burn down Bush Stadium at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, All right, what, what are I the got odds? Three, by the way, you're winning three. Okay. Oh, which, what which are three? The... <laughs> and by what score? Damn. <laughs> Time of game, and what is the temperature and weather at first pitch? Go. I got the first two and the and the, the last one. The last one. And Marquez uh, on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. All right, Patrick. so then what? What is the uh, so Michaela and I both like like two wins, so we're 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 all right around the gen, same general spot, yeah. Um, right right in the middle there. What are what's the percentage of chance that St. Louis sweeps? What if you had to throw a number at it? So I, the I two to three low. win range like seems like low. The two to <laughs> two to three win range is probably like. 70 percentile right there's a 70 percent chance they win two to three so there's about 30 percent left i mean again I that, this is just my scale yeah, how i think oh no, yeah i, I look at like, i look at extremes like yeah. is it more likely st louis sweeps or more likely that the cardinals sweep i think it's more likely that colorado sweeps because it's at i do home. too That's i do too and, and i think and yeah yeah i just don't, i don't see i really don't see the cardinals sweeping the rockies at home i mean if you know, this club was on fire right now and they were first place in the NL Central and they were just, you know, firing on all cylinders. Then obviously that's a completely different story. But because they're not and because it's at home and because our starting pitching has looked so good and I'm literally about to knock on wood for the next hour. <laughs> the, bullpen, <laughs> the bullpen hasn't blown anything in the last three games. Better. I'm I'm feeling pretty confident in the Rockies' chances. I'm literally knocking on one right yeah. now. I'm, if I if this comes back to bite me, I'm not going to be on this podcast for the rest of the season. Patrick's now. fault. He put you in this position. He made um, you fail. <laughs> but yeah, I really don't think the Cardinals have it in them to sweep the Rockies at home. And I think if we're doing what's more likely, I think it's more likely the Rockies sweep the Cardinals. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, and I don't think it will. But I mean, I think the chances of them sweeping of the Cardinals sweeping the Rockies is like less than ten percent. You've got the St. Louis Cardinals who are supposed to win the NL Central. Mm-hmm. You've got the Rockies who are supposed to be a last place team and thank you Arizona Diamondbacks. Regardless, they are still mm-hmm. at the at the bottom of the league. You would have to say no, Cardinals are more likely to win all four. Yet I think you're right. I think it is more likely that the Rockies 
went all four. Because the Cardinals right now on their three-game win streak, who did it come against? The Arizona Diamondbacks, who right. can't win on the road. So you go, that means nothing. That yeah. that means absolutely nothing. The Diamondbacks and, have lost 38 of their last 45. Yeah. So. And the Rockies have been so incredibly solid yeah. at home. I think they're like 10 games over 500 since right. the end of May yeah. at home. Some Something wild like that. They can sweep so, the Padres at home. They can sweep the Cardinals at yeah. home. And also so the it Rockies really is more likely, like yeah. This, and the Cardinals have been going like this. So like yeah. based on math <laughs> geometry. Well, Rymal Tapia right, had more hits in the series than Nolan Arenado. Well, yeah. pose that one one more time. Rymal Tapia, more hits Ooh. than Nolan Arenado. There you go. Definitely. That's all I need to know. Definitely, That's yeah. What we need. Rymal yeah. Tapia is better than Nolan Arenado. Right. Proof right there. <laughs> Does me. Nolan hit a home run? Oh, my God. Does Nolan uh, hit a home run? Probably. Probably. He probably does, just because that's so typical of baseball. He'll and do. I hope I hope that if he does, he gets a curtain call from Rocky. <laughs> Let's go. So he can never again say that he never got a curtain call. They're gonna give him the video tribute. Yes. They, we we, gonna, we yeah. saw that that was uh, announced that they're gonna have it, which they always I'm do. I'm a little surprised. I'm not at all. That that's, more, that's status quo. Always do. Yeah, that's status quo. I hope that they wouldn't yeah. be surprised it, by that. There's a lot of things in this industry mm -hmm. that are status quo that the Rockies do not subscribe. Okay, that's to. true. Okay, that's but I'm true. glad that's that they are. I'm glad that they are going. That's to. the problem with this mentality. They have reasons for those things. This is something that the Rockies have always done. That anyone thought they would mess this up. Is again just more of that standard. You guys, the people mess things up because the Rockies mess hmm. things up. I've experienced no, the most painful done. moments of two franchises now <laughs> at the hands of the Cardinals. I was at the game that Paul Goldschmidt came back to Chase Field for the first time and they played oh, him a video oh, tribute. And now I'll be at Coors Field for the return of Nolan for the first time this season where they will also pay him tribute. So I will now have experienced two of the most painful <laughs> moments for two different teams. Oh, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm cursed. It's it won't like, be that painful if the Rockies yeah. go out there and win at 5 nothing. That's true. The only thing that I'm really <laughs> sad about is that Gomber is not pitching. I wish more than anything he could have a second crack at playing against his old team because I know I feel it in these old 24 year old bones that that start would go so much better than the one that he had in St. Louis and I feel so bad that he doesn't get the opportunity but regardless I hope that his team pulls through for him which I do believe that they will it's gonna be fun it's gonna be intense there will be fireworks uh not actual the actual fireworks. Those those come a little bit later, but still. Literally. Fireworks. <laughs> literally. Fireworks. Hang out with us. Hang out at the ballpark. Hang out on Twitter. Follow everyone on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at Michaela E. Perkins. Hang out in the Discord channel, which you can only have access to if you're a member of the DNVR.com, where we'll also send you the free shirt and the free holistic stick when you sign up. So please do that. Hang out on YouTube. We're there as well. Subscribe, hit the bell icon, follow, go live, join the conversation while it's happening. Make sure you never miss out on these super fun things, especially when the Rockies get close to history and we can all get together and sell, or sometimes even make it. Sometimes they make history. Sometimes they just get very close. <laughs> so but we're here either way. We appreciate all of you for being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and Michaela Perkins in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.